0: Hey, last week we started a series called Soul Detox, and uh, I don't know about you guys, but I struggled this week spending five minutes a day just shutting down. I don't know how it went for you guys, but it was hard for me. It really was. Um, So today we're going to move on with that series, but that's kind of what we talked about last week. We talked about the restless soul and the problem that so many of us have with with just having a hard time allowing our souls to rest. That sometimes we're fairly good at letting our bodies rest. We're fairly good at detoxing our bodies and doing the types of things that we need to do physically. But we have a hard time letting our soul recover. And our minds are always going, and we wake up in the middle of the night and our mind is going 100 miles an hour. And uh, that God wants us to rest our souls, to just stop and to be still. And it says in Psalms, it says, Be still and know that I am God. And so my challenge was to you guys is to take five minutes every day and just sit somewhere or relax somewhere, turn the phone off, turn the television off, put the books away, put the magazines away, put all distractions aside, and for five minutes just quiet your soul and be still. Well, I've got to tell you something that happened to me. Um, and I really did try this week to do pretty good at this. But I don't know what's going to happen this morning because I had this horrible dream the other night and i'll just tell you about the dream and you guys can pray for me and and you know i was a little filled with anxiety about coming and preaching this morning seriously it was just a little tiny bit but the other morning i woke up really early and i was kind of wide awake you know one of those things and so i got up and I went out in the living room and i read and started reading And I don't know, I read for a while and I started getting sleepy. So I just laid down on the couch and went back to sleep. And I don't know, it was maybe 5 o'clock or 5.30 or something like that. And immediately, what seemed like immediately, I started in on this dream. And it was kind of one of those dreams that never ends, right? I started the dream. I woke up, went back to sleep. The dream picked up right where it left off and, and kind of just went on. And this was the dream. I dreamt. I came to church on a Sunday morning. We were in an odd building that I didn't recognize. And as people were coming in, we just had piles of people coming, which was great. I was pretty excited. People were coming. I was greeting people that I had never seen before. There was all kinds of visitors, and there was this energy. And about five minutes before the service started, I was talking with my wife, and I looked down, and I realized that I had on work jeans. Like, they were all stained with oil spots, and were just like my worst jeans ever. And we talked a little bit. She was like, couldn't believe I had done that. And we're like, well, it's not enough time to go home. We were too far from home, so I was like, well, you know, it is what it is, and I'll just go up front and I'll preach in that and so praise and worship happened and I got up front and I was up front I had a different everything was set up different right I was up front I got my outline out and my notes and all my stuff and I was getting ready to preach and I all of a sudden realized that not only did I have on horrible jeans I had on no shirt and so I was up front shirtless in horrible jeans which would be a really bad scenario right was that my wife So there I was. I was standing in front of this large group of people. Half of them I didn't know. Bad jeans, no shirt. And I was like, what am I going to do? And, of course, this is all happening in my dream. I was like, well, I'll just pretend, you know, that nothing's going on. And so I started preaching. And about this time, as dreams don't make any sense, some fan started somewhere. And it took all of my notes and my outline and blew them all the way to the back of the stage, up underneath something, where it was impossible to get them. And I actually told you guys, I said, well, excuse me, I'm going to go back. And I went back, couldn't get them. They were mixed in with all this junk and stuff. And so I was like, what am I going to do? And I said, well, does somebody have a bulletin? At least I'll have my outline and my scripture references and I can hopefully kind of go from memory and go from that. So I got the bulletin. Well, it disappeared somewhere in my dream as well. And so I was standing up front, bad jeans, no shirt, no notes, nothing whatsoever. Started stammering around, stammering around. And about this time, the congregation about half of you were standing up throwing things at me and booing and then i woke up thank god so i don't know what's going to happen this morning okay so pray for me well let's jump into this thing let's talk about the heavy soul i want to talk to you guys about the heavy soul and uh you know, some of you guys have worked out in gyms and have worked out with bench presses and have worked out before with weights, and if you're anything like me, there's been a certain point in time when you're working out, when you were by yourself and you didn't have a spotter, that you tried to bench press too much weight too many times. Anybody with me? Anybody has, has done that? Yeah. And we all know what happens, right? You're You're bench pressing and you feel strong and you're punching out these reps and you think you can do one more and about halfway up on the last rep you realize that you're in serious trouble because you have 150 200 pounds whatever it might be on this bench press there's other people in the gym that you hope aren't watching Because what ends up happening is the bar ends up coming down on your chest and you can't move and then you're hoping that you can just tilt the bar and the weight slide off and you guys know what happens. It gets very uncomfortable, it gets very awkward. I was in the gym a couple of weeks ago and I was all the way on the other side of the gym and I was on the treadmill and I was watching a guy do this exact same thing. And he had bench pressed too much weight too many times and the bench press came down on him, he couldn't get it off and he was struggling under this weight. And by the time I kind of got halfway over there, he had kind of rolled the thing off of him, but it was embarrassing. He was crushed by the weight, right? Nothing major hurt. But it's embarrassing. It's a weight. Here's the thing. Is I think there's so many people, there's so many of us that live like that. That we carry a weight, right? We carry a weight around, and sometimes maybe we're not completely crushed by it, but we're just carrying this. We talked about this in you several months ago about carrying a backpack. All of us carry a backpack. And it's our choice what's in the backpack and what we take out of the backpack. Right? And so many people walk around with this backpack, this weight on their back and on their shoulders that they wouldn't have to carry and they have what we're going to call this morning a heavy soul. Right? Crushed by the weight of the world or crushed by circumstances, and here's what I want you to understand again as we jump into this morning. So important that we understand this is, in the top of your outline, we are not a body with a soul. We're not a body with a soul, but we are a soul with a body. And it's so important for us to remember that, listen, your body, your physical body, your flesh and blood, the part that we feel and the part that we see— That is not really who you are. That is just like, that's like a temporary home or a temporary surrounding or a temporary envelope for who you really are for your soul. It's like, it's like the vehicle that is carrying you and taking you somewhere. You're not a body with a soul. Rather, you are a soul with a body that your soul resides in or lives in. We talk so often in our culture, and some of us are doing things like this, about detoxing our body. And we, we do these weird diets, and we do these different things to detox us, to clean our colon, whatever it might be. Well, I want to talk this morning about detoxing our souls. About cleansing who we really are, not just our bodies, but who we really are. And I think there's so many of us, and so many people around us that are not living life the way God has designed us to live. And so many of us are living our lives with the heaviness of the soul. I read an article not too long ago, scientific study, and this is what the article said. They said that our generation, my generation, most of us here, are living with the highest percentage of, um, how did it say it? It said, uh, we're the highest percentage of people that are living with a low-grade, Depression that has ever lived in our culture or in the world for that matter. And I want you to think about that for just a second. We're the richest generation that has ever lived. We have more opportunities than any generation that has ever lived. We have it easier by many standards than any generation that has ever lived. We're the richest people in the world. By no stretch of the imagination. And yet we have the highest percentage of us that are living with a low-grade depression of any generation it has ever lived. Now I'm not talking about clinical depression, which is a whole other subject that is a serious deal. I'm talking just this heaviness of soul, just this kind of weight on us. And so many of us, so many of our generation, maybe some of you us here today, We take sleeping pills to sleep, and then we caffeinate to wake up. Think about that a heaviness of soul. Many of us live with lots of great things, most of us live with incredible opportunities. And yet there's this soul dissatisfaction, this longing for something more, this longing to matter, this longing maybe to belong. There's this underlying feeling, or there's this underlying lack of hope, lack of faith, lack of optimism. So many of my generation, Are not contributing greatly to the world or to the church or to the people around them. And they're carrying this heaviness of soul. Well, none of this is new. It may be worse, but none of it's new. Psalms 42, verse 5. David in the Old Testament is asking himself a question. And he's talking to his soul. And he says, Why are you so downcast? Oh, my soul, why? He said, soul, why are you so downcast? Why are you so downcast, my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Why are you heavy? Why are you uneasy? Why are you worried? Why are you upset? Why are you disturbed? And why do so many of us have this low-grade depression, heaviness, whatever you want to call it? We're not like... Really depressed. Life isn't really bad, but we just have this heaviness that we carry around. And we're worried. And we're filled with anxiety. And there's just too much weight in our backpack. And we just carry this weight. Why? What's going on with that? Hopefully today we can kind of answer that question. Why there's so many of us that live with the heaviness of soul. And we're going to look at three, what I think are main reasons that we struggle with that as people and and as Christians. And the first one is this, is I think the reason that we struggle with it sometimes is we're heavy with hurts from the past. We're heavy with hurts from the past. Jeremiah illustrates this in Lamentations. And he makes this statement. He says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall." I remember, I well remember them. He's saying, listen, as I look back, as I look back in the past, I remember the pain. I remember the hurt. In fact, it's like it happened yesterday. I remember them really well. And I have some hurts and I have some pains from the past. And then he says, and my soul is downcast within me. He said, here's the reason my soul is downcast. Here's the reason I have a heaviness of soul. is Some of the things that have happened to me, people have hurt me. Circumstances have hurt me, and I remember them. It's like they're in my past, but they're affecting my present, and they're affecting my future. And I'm guessing this. I'm guessing that that's true of you and almost all of us here today. That in some level and in some sense, for some of you greater, for some of you less, there's a present heaviness that is connected to and related to your past. And listen, it could be a mistake. It could be something that you've, you've done to another person. It could be a friend that betrayed you, that you trusted and he or she betrayed you. It could be a wife or a husband that hurt you incredibly. It could be a job that you lost and you felt like it was unfair, it could be an opportunity that you had and you never took. But a present heaviness that is based on a past hurt. There's another reason that I believe some of us have a heaviness of soul. And it's simply, we're heavy with trouble from right now. We're heavy with trouble in the present. There's something going on right now. Job describes this in chapter 4. He says, but now, right now, not yesterday, not tomorrow, not a year ago, right now, but now, trouble comes to you and you are discouraged. It strikes you and you are dismayed. And maybe for some of you here today, there's something that's going on in your life right now that you never saw coming. And here's the thing, if you're there today, well, I want you to hear this. If that's where you are today, if there is present trouble, I want to give you just a word of encouragement. I'm I'm working on a a sermon that I'm so excited about, about miracles, and here's what you need to know. If you're here today and you are in the middle of something bad, if there is present trouble, you are a candidate for a miracle. And if you're here today, and you're not in the middle of anything, and everything is great, guess what? You're not a candidate for a miracle. You are only a candidate for a miracle if you need a miracle. And so rejoice in that. But listen, here's the reality for some of you and for some of us. You might be right in the middle of something right now, and you're saying this. I never planned on this. This was never in my five-year plan. I never saw it coming. I don't deserve it. God, what in the world is going on? I thought by the time I was 40, or I thought by the time I was 25, or I thought by the time I was 30 that I would be here, and I'm not here. I'm way over there. I thought that by the time I was married 10 years or 15 years or 5 years that our relationship was going to be incredible and it's just not it's become a drag and it's a lot of work and you just have present trouble That could be the heaviness on your soul The third reason that some of us are living or most of us are living with constant heaviness is this is we're heavy with anxiety about the future And see, this hits people differently. There are some of you here today that don't struggle with this one, and you're just kind of like, you know what, I'm not that worried about the future. And then there are others of you that literally lose sleep, right? Because you're worried about the future. We're wondering, how are we going to make it through what is to come? How are we going to get through the last days? You know, I'm always amazed with people that are always looking and waiting for the last day. Now listen, I'm not knocking that. And we ought to be up on what's happening in our country. We ought to be up on what's happening in the world. But listen to me. Live for today. Jesus is coming one day. And if you're a Christian and you're saved and you're a Christ follower, he will take care of you. Doesn't mean that we don't prepare. Just don't be consumed. Just don't lose sleep over it. Don't make it a heavy load. How are we going to pay the bills? What if I lose my job? What if the economy turns really down again? What if, what if, what if, what if my husband gets sick and dies? What if she gets sick? Or what if my child? And we're filled with this anxiety and this fear. And it is a load. Mark 14. Here's, this is amazing. Jesus, at a point in his life, dealt with this. Do you know that? At one point in Jesus' life, when he was nearing his crucifixion at the end of his ministry, felt this anxiety and this fear. And here's what he says. The verse, verse 33 in Mark 14, it says, Jesus began to be deeply distressed and troubled. And then he didn't say, my mind or my body. What he said was, my soul. What's inside of me, my soul, is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. That was your Jesus. And we know the rest of the story that he was so overwhelmed, he was so heavy, his soul was so heavy with what was to come that he literally sweated drops of blood. Jesus at this moment understood what he was about to enter into for you and I. He understood that in not too distant future he was going to die on the cross. That he was going to suffer incredibly physically. That he was going to take your sins and my sins and bear them. He understood that his father, his father was going to turn his back. And all I just want to say about that is when you fear the future, listen, when you fear tomorrow, when you're filled with anxiety about how are things going to work out, I want you to think about what Jesus faced. There's a heaviness in my soul. As I look in my past, as I look at my present, and I think about what could happen, Where are you at? And for so many of us, see, for so many of us, we think we're just going to have to live there. We're just going to have to live there. That's just life. Life is heavy. I've heard people say that. I've heard people that are close to me say things like, you know, when the older you get and you get into your 40s and your 50s, life is just heavy. And there's circumstances and there's responsibilities and life is heavy. And I would argue and say, I don't think. I don't think God wants you to live there. I really don't. What if we didn't have to live there? What if we could live free and light? Not that we didn't care. Not that we didn't have concerns. But what if we could live in a way that we would learn to allow Jesus, to allow our Savior to carry those things for us. That we would learn to trust That we would learn that it doesn't always have to be that way. You know what? This is maybe a really stupid illustration. But about two years ago, I've had my truck for a long, long time, right? And I don't know, five, six, seven years ago, the seat in my truck, the frame in it had broke. And so the the left front corner was completely loose. So every time you would sit in the seat of my truck and lean back, the whole seat would just like tilt way back and it was just that way and I spent about $250 on a whole new frame one time and put a new frame in there and about a year later it did the same thing and I got to the point, I drove it that way for probably two years and it was just one of those things that I would got in my truck and I drove it never thought that much about it, it was kind of irritating but then other people would drive my truck and they were like, what is the deal with the seat? I was like, I don't know it's just kind of the way it is and I had absolutely just settled that that's the way my truck was going to be. I didn't want to spend $250 on another frame that was going to break. It didn't bother me that much. It was an old truck. And you know how you just kind of get used to things. And then one day, Mark Mahan, bless his heart, I don't even remember what happened, but he had my truck, and I was gone on a trip, and he took my truck, and he just repaired all kinds of stuff on it, just out of the goodness of his heart. And he took my seat out, and he turned it upside down, and he welded it all back together. And now my seat in my truck doesn't tip back and people don't think I'm a redneck. But you know what? what's great about that? Is I got in that truck and I was like, man, this is so much better. I didn't have to, it didn't have to be that way. And then I had drove it for probably two or three years like that, and it was just the way it is. I just lived with it. And I'm telling you, you don't have to live with a heaviness of soul. You don't have to. It can be different. You don't have to live with constant pain. You don't have to live with unforgiveness. And the list could go on and on and on. Psalms 42. I'm going to look at this verse again. David said, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? And then David did something that's amazing and is so critical. And let me tell you, this is going to be weird for some of you, but it's so biblical. And here's my challenge. Here's my bottom line today. If you don't remember anything else, I want you to remember what I'm going to say in the next five minutes. David switches gears. He said, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? And then David begins to preach to his soul. And he says, put your hope in God. He's talking to his own soul. Put your hope in God. Quit your whining, soul. Quit being a baby. Man up. Put your hope in God. And here's what I want you guys to hear this morning. If you don't hear anything else, all of us, all of you need to become great preachers. And I mean, preach to your own soul. And I'm talking about not just in your mind. Get in front of the mirror and preach to yourself. And say, soul, would you just throw it on God? Soul, would you stop whining? And preach an incredible sermon. And preach so good that your soul takes up an offering. Right? I mean it. Preach to your soul. Tell it what to do. Tell it where to go. Tell it what to think. Tell it what to feel. And get it from Scripture. Man, but the Bible is full of this. Put your whining. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Why so downcast, O oh my soul? Put your hope in God. He is the answer to your heaviness, He is the answer to your pain. Tell your soul, preach to your soul. You know what I do sometimes? I don't have it up right now, but I do this sometimes. My wife and I both do this. Do you guys remember the faith promises that we did maybe two years ago? The Sun Stand Still series and that list of faith promises? I know some of you have them. And it's a list of 10 or 12 things that the Bible says about who you are. That you're forgiven, that you're free, that you have everything, that God, you have everything to do, everything You have everything to do, everything God has ever asked you to do. And the list goes on and on. We'll take that list and we'll tape it to our bathroom mirrors. And I will literally stand in front of the mirror and I'll preach to myself. And I know that sounds crazy. But you don't know the power of the spoken word. Preach to your soul. Three things to do. Three things to preach to your soul to tell yourself. Number one is this, is remember God's faithfulness in the past. Listen, when you're tempted, when you're tempted to get hung up on the hurts of the past, train your mind, train your soul, which is, by the way, a lot to do with your soul, is your mind. Train your mind to shift gears and call to mind the faithfulness of your heavenly Father. Jeremiah said this when he's lamenting in Lamentations 3. We're going to go back to this verse again. He says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is heavy. It's downcast within me. Yet, and he shifts gears. Yet, I call this to mind, therefore I have hope. Because I call this to mind. Because I don't stay focused on the past. Because I don't stay focused on the hurt. Because I refuse to live in yesterday. Because I refuse to live in last year. Because I refuse to live in my childhood. Because I call this to mind, I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Man, this is hard, and this is bad, yet I call this to mind. God is good, and I think on it, and I focus on it, and I meditate on it. And listen, if you're here today, and you're born again, and you're a Christ follower, you have so many things to be thankful for, and you need to think back to the day when you gave your heart to the Lord, and you realized, and you understood that you became a Christian, and your sins were under the blood. Be thankful that your sins are no longer held against you. Be thankful for the times when God answers prayer. And remember back when you prayed a prayer and God showed up. Remember when people that loved you laid hands on you and maybe anointed you with oil and God showed up. Remember when God saved your family from whatever it might have been. Maybe it was a wreck. Remember the times when God showed up. Remember the times when you were reading in Scripture and a verse just came alive and it changed you. Remember the time you came to church and it was just like it was you and God. And God was real. Remember those times. Feed on those times. Remember God's faithfulness. Why are we so downcast? Wise my soul. Put our hope in God. Remember his faithfulness. When you're tempted to think of the past and the hurts, would you train your mind to switch gears and say, I'm not going to remember the hurts from the past. I'm going to remember what God did for me in the past. You know what Romans says? It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know what that means? It means to learn to think differently. You're not transformed by what you wear. You're not transformed by the way you look. You're not. You're transformed by the way you think. You're transformed by the Holy Spirit empowering your mind and empowering your soul to be trained differently. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Train your mind to switch gears when you want to go back and you want to dwell and begin to think about what he's done right and the good things. And then when you think of what's happening right now, when you're in the present, cry out to God right now. Cry out to God in the present. Tell him exactly what's going on. And I mean, don't hold back. Just let it rip. Listen to this verse. Psalms 142 again, it says, I cry out to the I cry out to you, O oh Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion, in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. And here's my challenge, and here's, here's I, would, I would challenge you to make this a part of your daily discipline when you spend time with God. Tell Him exactly how you feel. And listen, some of you are so far ahead, of, way farther ahead of me in this, or, or in a better place than I am. But just tell Him how you feel. Tell Him when it doesn't make sense. Tell Him when you're angry. Tell Him when you don't think you deserve it. Tell Him when you don't think it lines up with His Word. Tell Him when you're angry. Tell Him when you're sad. Tell Him when you're unforgiving. Tell Him when you don't want to forgive. Tell Him when you're questioning your faith in Him. Tell Him when you're thinking about just throwing in the towel. Because here's the thing, God already knows you're feeling it. God already knows your thoughts. And trust me, he can handle it. He's not offended. He's not that concerned. Well, let me, he is concerned, but he doesn't get all riled up. You're his child. You're his father. I mean, he's your father. Listen, the only way I can kind of describe this is those of you that are fathers. And you have a young child. You have a daughter or you have a son, and your daughter or your son hurts themselves, how do you feel? It's horrible. You know, a number of years ago when Maddie was really, really small, I don't know if she was maybe two years old or something like that, we're at a friend's house, and we went out, it was 9.30, 10 o'clock or something like that, and we were getting in the truck, and kids were getting in the passenger side and Madison our Courtney and Ty had both got in the back and Madison was getting ready to get in I'll forget how it all happened but she had placed her hand she had placed her little hand right on the hinge part of the seat like put her hand on the seat right in the hinge and I reached over I was sitting in the driver's seat I reached over and I just grabbed the seat they had pulled the lever I grabbed the seat and I just slammed it forward to tilt the seat forward and roll it forward and her little pinky was right in the hinge and it literally took her about a quarter inch of her pinky and cut it almost all the way off and it was just hanging there. Now it wasn't life threatening. It wasn't even that big of a deal. But I remember driving to the hospital and wishing that I could take her place. And I couldn't. And all I'm saying is this, is your heavenly father has the same emotions. I really believe that. When you're hurting, when you have present trouble, when you've been hurt, when you've been betrayed, when circumstances are horrible, when the job is not what it was supposed to be, when the relationship is not what it was supposed to be, and it's right now, your heavenly father hurts with you. And all I'm saying is here is cry out to him. Now, listen, you know what my daughter did? You know what she wanted? She wanted her mom or her dad. And we, as, as parents, we would have never said, no, I don't have time for you. I don't care. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to even think that way. And your heavenly father is exactly the same way. Cry out to him in the present. Cast your cares on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Tell him exactly what's going on. Cry out to your heavenly father. Let him take the heaviness. Let him, allow him, ask him to take the pain. So you look back to see his faithfulness when you're tempted to look in the past, train your mind to think differently. In the present, you you call out to him and you run to him like he's your father. And then when you're anxious about the future, I want to remind you to trust in God's power for the future. Trust in God's power for the future. And here's what you need to remember. Remember that he's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. That he wasn't only in yesterday, and he's not only in today, that he's already in tomorrow. He's already there. He already knows. He already cares. He already sees. Hezekiah. This is an amazing verse. I love this verse. A couple verses here. Second Chronicles 32. Hezekiah is the king of Judah. And they're getting ready to go into battle with an incredible army that is bigger than them, badder than them, stronger than them, more equipped than them. And his people are scared. They're looking into the future, and they're filled with anxiety and fear. And here's what Hezekiah says to his people. He says, do not be afraid or discouraged. Don't be afraid and don't be discouraged because of the king of Assyria, because of this big army and the vast army that is with him. For there is a greater power. You hear that? Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of that circumstance. Don't be afraid of those people. Don't be afraid of whatever it might be because there is a greater power that is with us than is with them. That's awesome. In other words, here's what he's saying. Now listen, what they have is what they have. That's it. What you see is all that they have. But us, there's a lot more to us than what meets the eye because what we have may not be able to be seen, but it is greater than what they have and is than what what is with them. Here's what you need to understand. I know you guys have heard this over and over and over again, but I want to tell you again. You have exactly the same access and the same power to the Holy Spirit. The same power that raised Christ from the dead you have access to. The same power that enabled Jesus to walk on water you have access to. The same power that enabled the disciples to heal the blind, to give sight to the blind, to heal the paralyzed, and to heal the lepers, and all of the things that they did and cast out demons. You and I have the same access to the same power. That's amazing. And yet we lay awake at night filled with anxiety and fear. Over what? And yet we fear next year, or we fear next week. Or we're just hung up in the past, and we're still living last year, or two years ago, or three years ago, and it is just like this huge load on our shoulders. Or we're so bogged down in where we are right now that we can't see past today. And listen, I know we go through seasons. And I, go, and I know we go through time. I mean, we, we go through hard times. But listen to me. You have access to the same power that they had access to in biblical times. Put your hope in God. Why so downcast, O oh my soul? See, here's the thing. Put your hope in God. Listen, if we believe this, let's believe it. Here's the thing. All of us here today, I bet all of us here today would say, you know what, you're right. It's what the Bible says, you're right, it's true. And I just want to say, if you believe it, then live it. If you believe it, then believe it and let's live it. Let's allow Him to carry it. Let's turn to Him. Let's not fear the future. Let's not be consumed with the present. And let's for sure not live in the past. Let's train our minds. When we go to the past, instead of thinking the bad, we think of the good. God has been good. And when we're caught up in the present, let's throw it on him. Man, let's just run to him like he's our little, like we're his little child and he's our Daddy and it's allow him to hold us and when we're fearful of the future let's understand that he's already there he's already in tomorrow last week I gave you guys a chance here together corporately to spend just a few minutes being still and I'm going to do the same thing again this morning and I know maybe this is a little bit awkward I don't really care because it's so easy for us to just be distracted. And I don't, want us, I don't want any of us to leave this place right now and just walk out those doors, go home, eat lunch, go to sleep, watch TV, and just forget. And so my thought process behind this is even if you don't go home and do this, right now you have an opportunity. And for just a few minutes, we're going to pause. I want every, everybody's heads down and your eyes closed. And I want you to focus on the things that we've talked about. Remember his faithfulness in the past. Cry out to him about where you are right now. And trust his power in the future. Would you take a few minutes and just do that? And let's just be still. And ask God to minister to our hearts and our souls.